One of the worst things someone could say is you have lost your soul. Amen. You have lost your soul. Has anyone ever said that to you? If someone says that to you, what they are saying is that you have disconnected from who you really are, right? You have detached from that part of you that uh, was authentic, that was real, and you have become something else. Probably all of us, at some point in our lives, have been that person. We have lost our souls in some particular kind of way. Well, this is what Jesus was talking about when He referred to the souls of the disciples as they were gathered around Him, as we just heard in our Gospel text. He talked about the soul. Now, I remember when I was a child and I was in a children's sermon, much like we had today, and uh, the pastor asked about a soul. And I remember uh, pointing to my shoe when the pastor said, do you know what a soul is? And I'm like, yeah, right there. That is a soul. And uh, he didn't like my answer, but it was correct. Uh, But it was not the right one that he was talking about. Jesus was talking to the disciples about their souls. And He was talking about something very different than maybe what they were thinking of at the time. I have thought about our souls a lot, or the soul of our church, or the church at large, as I have been reading the Gospel texts lately, uh, as we've heard them in in church, and uh, as I have studied them during the week, Um, There has been much there about the soul of the church. And last week, we looked at uh, being a church in a post-church world. And we considered what that means uh, to be a church today when uh, maybe the church looks a lot like that, in a sense that uh, the church is not something that has received a lot of attention. Uh, Maybe the paint is chipping off. Maybe... um, There are bats living in the belfry, or maybe uh, the church is in decay. What we can see nationwide and even worldwide is the decline of the church. And so we ask ourselves, what is the church of today? What are we supposed to do? Is, Is it just a place where we come and gather? Is it a place where we are to uh, look like we have our act all together? Is it a place where we just uh, come to see one another? During the, I mean, what is the church and what is the soul of the church? As I have heard the words of the gospel text this week and then last week as we looked at Haggai, the prophet who came and shared some words about rebuilding the temple, the, the words of the gospel today are still about the temple but about it falling down. And so that's where we enter into this story today, and I think where we enter into some applications for the church of today, because we need to understand in times like these, what is the church to do? Well, Jesus mentioned several things, and there are some some pretty scary things here uh, that are going on uh, in this particular text, and and one of the things that you can see, and this is kind of a dark image, it's dark in several ways, but you see that it's on fire. This is the temple. Uh, the, the temple that has been built, and we can go back and look at how Haggai was encouraging Israel to rebuild the temple. They had been in exile in Babylon, 
Back, uh, this was, Haggai goes back to 500 B.C. So he gets them to start rebuilding and, and to put this temple back together. So the temple has been put back together. It is majestic and it is beautiful. And so Jesus is there at the temple in his time. And as he is there with his disciples, uh, the disciples come to him and ask him some things about uh, what they're seeing. I mean, they're impressed with the temple. And they're looking around and... and uh, this enters. This in, begins the conversation that Jesus has with them about what is getting ready to happen, and it's scary. And I'm sure they are uh, blown away by the things he has said. And the people who are hearing this, overhearing it from the disciples, are are also a bit startled by it, a bit offended by it. And later, they will repeat these words to Jesus to say, "Well, didn't you say you were going to tear down the temple and do all these terrible things?" And as we hear this conversation, there are some things that apply to us today. If we could see ourselves a bit like Israel of old, we could understand, first of all, that if we are going to be who God has called us to be in this world, we need to make sure that we are not distracted. And that's what these disciples were. You can look around uh, and see in this painting by James Tissot, you can, you can see how beautiful it was. You can see some of the... Uh, uh, the, the artwork, the architecture that's back there, just a beautiful place. And so they pointed out and they say, Jesus, look at all this stuff. Look at all, look at the bling here in the temple. I mean, this is a beautiful place. And so they were all distracted by this. They could sense the power, right? When you walk into a, a majestic building like this and the architecture, uh, the power. And we think about that like with the White House or the Supreme Court building or some of the other buildings that we see, they just exude a sense of power and authority and maybe even wealth. And so as they're looking at this, Jesus says, don't get distracted by all of this because actually these things are going to fall down. All this stuff you see around us, it's going to fall down. It's going to be demolished. And they're looking at each other, saying, what? What are you talking about? This has been here for a long time. How is it that this is going to fall down? And Jesus would go on to talk about these things and, and what was getting ready to happen, what he, he could see that was getting ready to happen. He says, don't get distracted. There's a commercial out that I, I love uh, that's been on TV a lot lately. Uh, if you watched any uh, college football yesterday, it just played over and over and over again. But it has one of my favorite characters in it. Uh, and uh, there she is, Tina Fey. No. Tina and Mayhem. You know who Mayhem is? Yes. We all know a little bit about Mayhem. Mayhem sometimes gets in the car with us. Uh, and this is the uh, Allstate commercial, you know, that's all about insurance and everything and how Mayhem hits at times that we're least suspecting. And so in this particular commercial, Mayhem is a dog running around in the car, causing all kinds of problems. He did a cat first. Did, there was a cat first. And Tina Fey is driving along, and she um, is not bothered by Mayhem. Mayhem is licking her face and tearing up stuff in the car. She just keeps on driving, and she says, you know what? I am not distracted. And uh, so I thought it was a great commercial. And uh, some of the other commercials show where Mayhem is going crazy and causes accidents, right? The guy that's uh, tailing him uh, on his bumper, and uh, he gets distracted, looks up, and ends up smashing into the guy in front of him. But Tina is not distracted. 
Uh, I think we get distracted a lot, don't we? There is all kinds of mayhem that goes on around us. And as we live as a church in a post-church world, much like Israel living in a time when the nation of Israel is beginning to decline, there are things that are going on. They're already in captivity and mayhem is all around them. And today in our church and in our world, mayhem is all around us as well. And we need to make sure in these days that we are not distracted by all of the adornments that are around us, right? One of the big problems with the church, at least the church in America, is the way that the church sometimes sells its soul for political purposes. This has happened with the religious right. It has happened with the religious left. It can happen to any particular group. And we do this all the time. The church gets in trouble on both sides and in in any particular political party. And the church has to be careful. And to hear those words of Jesus to say, yeah, that's great. All this looks really fancy and all this looks like power and, and wealth is great. But it's going to ruin you. It's going to lead you down the wrong road. And Jesus said, there is an agenda that you need to follow. And the reason he's saying all this stuff's going to fall down is because Israel was taking the wrong agenda. Israel wanted power. Israel wanted violence. Israel wanted to take over. Wanted wealth and all the stuff that goes with it. And Jesus said, I am in a long line of prophets that have been saying, don't do this. God's kingdom is about love. It is about justice. It is about righteousness. And if you are taking an agenda that doesn't look like that, then your road road is going to lead to ruin. And that's what Jesus could see. And that's why He said, look, this, this is all going to fall apart. Rome is not going to put up with any of this. And they're going to come and destroy everything you see around us. And they're going to destroy you as well. So you better take up the right agenda. And that is what we are to do as well. We are to make sure that we are not giving in to all of the lures of power and all the other stuff that we think will help us be what we need to be. It didn't work for them, and it won't work for us. But also, as a church in a post-church world, we need to be sure that we are not terrified. And what Jesus was talking to them about in terms of being terrified, He said, all these things are going to happen to you. These dark and dreary times, these things that are coming your way. He said, some of you are going to be abandoned by your family. Because they followed Jesus. They would be abandoned. They'd have brothers and sisters and even mothers and fathers that would say, you're you're going down the wrong road. You're following that Jesus guy. And he's, he's loving the wrong people. He's hanging out with the sinners. He's including people that are going to cause a lot of trouble here in Jerusalem and all around the place because Rome doesn't like this kind of stuff. And if you keep doing this, you're going to bring... Uh, all kinds of punishment upon our heads. And so Jesus said, there are going to be some difficult times. Some of you, he said, are going to die. That, that pick, picked, uh, I picked up again on that as Sabra was reading that text. Some of you are going to die. Some of you 
And he must have felt that himself, going to Jerusalem. If I keep going down this road God has for me to go down, surely I am going to be killed and even crucified. And Jesus says, you disciples, if you keep going with me, and I hope that you will, there's going to be a price to pay. But don't worry. Don't be terrified. How many times do we see that in the Bible? I've, I've forgotten how many. I used to have count of that. How many times it says, do not fear or be not terrified in Scripture. It's, our Bible is full of that, that uh, call for us to not be scared. Even in the midst of plenty of things to be scared about. And Jesus says, don't be, don't be scared of all of that. I'm gonna, when they pull you into court, I'm going to be there to tell you what to say. And we would later understand that to be the Spirit and the words of Jesus that would, would come to the disciples, even when they were pulled into court for following Jesus, they would have the words to say. They would have the wisdom to know how to handle that. And, and that they would be able to have victory over their oppressors. And so Jesus says, I've got your back. And you don't need to worry. One of my favorite shows is 60 Minutes. And uh, I love to watch uh, just the, the, the way they do journalism on there. And uh, last week, maybe you, you saw this, there was a, a special on there about journalists in the Philippines. And it was talking about how uh, Duterte, I think is his name, uh, the, the president, um, is a dictator. And uh, was, was uh, killing press and, and putting him in jail and doing all kinds of things. And they were interviewing some of the journalists there saying... Uh, how is it that you can continue to do journalism? And uh, two or three of the uh, journalists were, were talking about the threats that they had. Threats to them for, for pursuing the truth. And uh, the, one of them said, one guy called me on the phone and said, not only am I going to kill you, here's how I'm going to do it. And talked about burying him alive and all these terrible things. Now, if that were me, I would say, okay, that's the end. I'm, I'm going to find a new job. And he just said it kind of with a smile on his face. I'm going to keep doing it. Because it's the pursuit of truth. This needs to happen no matter what. No matter what they do to me. The story must be told. And I think that's pretty much what Jesus was saying to the disciples. There is truth here. There is God's kingdom here. And it means that we, we need to do whatever we can to do it but to not be terrified at all. To know that God has our backs. We live in a difficult time. A time, again, when the church is in decline, uh, when there are all kinds of things that are going on. There are earthquakes. We can see here in the Scripture, Jesus is pointing to all this stuff that is going on. Nations rising against nation. Uh, we live in a, a, a very scary time in our history. Not just in our world, but in our nation. We're at that particular time when all kinds of things can go wrong. You can call it a constitutional crisis or whatever, but uh, these are scary times. And we need to be the church now more than ever. Amen. A church that's not sold out to any particular agenda other than that of Jesus Christ. Amen. And to say this is what we are to do in our world. And to hear those words. Jesus said, I'll give you the words to say. I'll give you the wisdom. And we need to let those words wash over us in times like these. But finally, it is by not giving up 
And that's what Jesus says here in the very last part of our text. To not give up. Jesus said, if you will endure, if you'll keep on going the way that you're supposed to be going, then you will gain your soul or you will win your soul or you will find true salvation in your lives. The flip side of that is, if you don't, you'll lose your soul. You will not be who you are supposed to be. You will not be authentic. You'll be a nobody. And so Jesus says, keep on going. I love the various translations of that, to to not stop, or the comparison of that with a race. And I think if we think about it in terms of an endurance race, then we need to keep on going. There are things that will come and trip us up. There there are times when we feel like we can't do any more, when when we can't solve the problems of poverty, when, when we can't help enough people who are in need of help when, when uh, there are all kinds of injustices around us, when the work of the church is so great, there's, there's this feeling we could never do it all. And we need to get that second win that Jesus intends for us to have, to say, keep on going. Stay in the race. Don't give up. And it comes from encouraging one another. That's why we come to church. One of the reasons we encourage one another. How many of you... Uh, we're encouraged in our testimonies of praise. When, when someone says, I love you, and I, I thank you for doing that, Monica. You didn't say it to me, but, but I love you. And, and for you, if I'm Evelyn today, I'm thinking, wow, somebody loves me. And I don't know if Evelyn came to church today. I, I doubt that she came to church feeling unloved. But if she did, she knows that she's loved. Amen. And all of you must know that. We come to be a community of love to say, I yeah, I didn't feel well today, as Sabra said, but I knew I needed to be there. This is my home. This is my family. These are my people. And we are to be there to encourage one another to say, stay in the race. Don't give up. Keep on going. And to give our all with everything that we have. Counting the cost and saying, I know it's going to cost me a lot to be a church in a post-church world and to be a follower of Jesus when it seems like There are all kinds of wishy-washy followers of Jesus around me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go in the way Christ wants me to go. Not to compare you to cows, but how many of you saw this? um, This came out this past week. There were three cows that survived uh, Dorian, the Hurricane Dorian. They were swept off the coast of North Carolina, and they swam two miles and ended up on an island two miles away. They're looking pretty happy, aren't they? <laughs> uh, and, and no one really knows how in the world they could swim that. I mean, these are, these are heavy, heavy cows, aren't they? And can you see them out there trucking along? I don't know if they talk to one another. Maybe they move to each other. But there was some encouragement going on out there, don't you know? They were saying to one another, keep on going. Keep, there, there's got to be some dry land Somewhere around there, there's got to be a little piece of grass somewhere out there. Let's keep on going. Keep it going. Keep it going. And they made it to dry land. And they don't know what they're going to do with them now. No one knows who they belong to or if they're just wild or whatever. But they made it. 
we can get some encouragement from them today, I believe, as we think about what it means to be a church in a world that is flooded with all kinds of junk and chaos and mayhem and troubles and problems, to look at one another and say, yeah, I don't see the dry land yet, but I know it's out there. I know that God's kingdom will come if we will continue to do what God has given us to do. May that be our encouragement today as a church that continues to live in this world. May we be that church of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our God, we give you our thanks today.